Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Conservative Woman's Guide. I'm your host, Karen Lips. Today, I'm joined by Emma Foley, a new alumna who went to Boston College. She's going to share more about her story of being a conservative on campus and how she got started in the media. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me, Karen. Yes, of course. I'm really looking forward to our our conversation. I wanted to begin by asking you, how did you pick Boston College originally? And what did you get involved in when you first got to campus? So my senior year of high school, I wasn't super college focused. Um, So looking back, I probably would have applied to more than four schools, but I applied to four. um, And Boston College was the best one. Um, I got in, I wanted to go to a Catholic school, one with a good business program. I ended up going into marketing. I added on theology my sophomore year. So it was a good mix of liberal arts and the business side of things at BC. Um, And when I first walked on campus, I was a member of the Boston College Marching Band. Um, So I'd played the saxophone since I was 10 years old. I would not describe myself as musical whatsoever, um, but I I wanted to make a lot of friends. Yes, yeah. So I played the saxophone. um, And I wanted to make friends. So, and that was the, a great way. So you got on campus early, you had a week of band camp, you met so many people from all different grades. So that was a great way to make friends. Um, however, I'm not musical, so I decided the marching band wasn't for me. So my, I ended up being the marching band manager. So if you didn't think it could get geekier than the band, I was the water boy for the band. Well, you got to use your uh, business interest, right? Managing things? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, and I was also part of the College Republicans and the pro-life group. And the Boston College Students for Life is how I made a lot of my friends that are still my friends today. And how did you get involved in NEW? Um, So my sophomore year, Julia Canzano, who was one grade above me, wanted to start the organization. She said, there has to be something for women. We have all these other groups for women out there. There's got to be something for people like me. So she sought out new, found it online, and got connected to you and Catherine and the whole gang. And she brought it to campus. And she was kind of going through who could possibly be someone in the organization. So she sent out just a raw email to a lot of people. And I had been seeking something like this as well, but didn't know where to look. So when I got this email, I said, this group is for me. And Julia and I still text at least once a week. We hang out still. Um, So I've made lifelong friends through new. That's great. And Julia uh, was a guest on the podcast previously. So tell me about how new impacted your college experience. So you got that email from Julia, you were excited to get involved. What were your expectations? And then what was the reality of being a member of a new chapter on campus? So for the first six months of my college experience, I was under the impression that there was no one else who had the beliefs that I had. I felt very closeted. I hid my beliefs. Um, I would say the March for Life in 2019 was my big, like, debutante ceremony of I'm a conservative woman. Um, and I did, I, I lost some friends. Some friends were not on board with that. Um, and so then prior joining to that, had you been quiet about your views? Yes. So I hid my views, um, which going back, I wish I didn't. Um, but I, I do believe that at a college campus, even though Boston college is relatively conservative or relatively normal to other colleges in the Boston area. 
it was still a bubble of liberalism and progressivism. So I hid my views. And when I joined new, I thought to myself, there can't be that many people, but that doesn't matter as long as there's somebody else. So our first meeting, it was, it was about 10 girls. It ended up growing. Um, and then by the time I was a senior, I was the president of the chapter. We had over 100 girls on the mailing list and more following the Instagram. And it showed me that these girls do exist. They might not be political every second of the day, but they do live a conservative or traditional lifestyle relative to a lot of our peers. Emma, I love hearing about the growth of your chapter. That's excellent. I want to go back to this point you made about how you hid your views when you started on campus. And I'm really interested in that pressure because I hear this a lot from college women that before they even step foot on campus, they've decided to keep quiet. And I want to identify where that pressure is coming from because we've got to do something about this. So I would say that if you're involved in the marching band or something like performing arts, um, a lot of that is going to tend to lean liberal, which I think can be a beautiful thing. Um, but you do feel like you're in this bubble of liberalism. And is it traditional liberalism where there's some value of free thinking and free thought, or is it a more narrow progressive view where if you don't fall in line with what they're saying, you don't, you don't count or, you, you know, they don't want to be friends with you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was, it wasn't where you could think whatever you want. And I do think a college campus is a place that should be for the free exercise of ideas, but this was very cornering liberalism where it was, if you don't think the way I think you're a bigot or you don't belong here. And this kind of hit its peak. I found during the Kavanaugh hearings, um, where you would hear things at, the dining hall or in the hallways at school where, oh, Brett Kavanaugh was this terrible person. And in your mind, you're like, oh, he, he sounds pretty good. Like he, his, his position on things and law sound kind of pretty good, but I must be the only one that thinks that. So places like Boston College Republicans and the Network of Enlightened Women that eventually came to my campus the end of my sophomore year helped me see that I'm not the only one. So it not only helps me find a community, it helps me find confidence in my views. That's so powerful because we hear from students quite frequently that they have that same feeling of just, they feel like they are alone on campus and they need that community and that news they are providing that community. Can you tell us about some of the events that you did on campus? And did you change anybody's mind? Did you feel like that on campus? Do you feel like there were some liberals or some women who were unsure of their views who came to meetings and then had their 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 opinions changed so my goal as new president my senior year was to have a mix of women's empowerment events and then some events that kind of edged toward spicy um so we had events like we made a meal for a women's shelter early on in the year we then had a specifically women's self-defense course um we partnered with the Boston College Police Department, who are a great group of men and women. Um, we loved to have we loved having them at our meetings. Um, so we did self defense, and then um, the, our goal towards the end of my senior year was to bring speakers to campus. So we had two big speaker events. We had a member of Bachelor Nation come, Madison Pruitt, and we had Jennifer Braceris of Independent Women's Forum. 
I think you might be our first chapter who hosted someone from The Bachelor. Yeah, we were. That was a, that was a fun event. That was a whole. That was like months of prep. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, tell us about it. What did she speak on? And did you have any struggles with the administration or pushback from other students? So for Madison, we had no pushback. Um, getting a speaker to campus is a difficult process in its entirety. At at Boston College, there's a lot of red tape you have to go through, and I think it's it's kind of it makes sense on their end to make sure that you're serious about bringing a speaker, that they have the room, that if you need security, there's ample security. Um, so this is my first time dealing with a contract, an agent. I kind of I I went on her website and kind of just threw it out there that we might want to want to have her on campus and i think that was her first college campus experience as well uh we kind of had to pull together a tag team we had to bring her from the airport it was it was a whole event um the contract involved like snacks in the green room which i was not anticipating so we had like cut fruit and we had her white hot mocha ready and she was she's a really really effective speaker and a great motivational speaker and i think first of all that event put new on the map at boston college people saw the posters and said oh a member of bachelor nation is coming but what is this group and then when we eventually got over 75 girls and guys in the seats um who paid a ticket price to be there that was it was very empowering for our group and the way we worked together and got everyone involved had merch sales for her um it it really like set us on a great trajectory for the rest of the year that's terrific emma I know you mentioned that you also hosted Jennifer Braceris, uh on the topic of women in sports, and that's a hot topic on campus today. Uh, was your experience similar uh, in planning that event, or did you face some challenges from the administration? We faced quite a few challenges from the administration for this event. So our prior events were more women's empowerment. They were very vague, niceties, general euphemism, uh, hold hold true to your values kind of thing. Then we wanted to push the envelope and we wanted to bring someone who was actually going to hit harder topics and it might be harder to hear, harder to see on a poster around campus. So we decided to bring Jennifer Braceras, who she's no fire firebrand. She's not super spicy. She's a very logical thinker and a logical speaker. However, she so she asked us to put on the posters, sex is better than gender to really get people's attention. And our administration had a major problem with this. But instead of coming up to us outright and saying, we have a problem with the speaker for XYZ reasons, there were a lot of twists and turns that we had to go through. So for one, the event was just canceled for no reason. And my brother actually is a junior at Penn State and had a very similar thing happen to him within the past few weeks when he tried to bring Riley Gaines to campus, where they don't tell you outright, they kind of just cancel your event and you have to figure it out for yourself. And I think that they believe that the student might just roll over and they won't have to deal with it. That was not going to be me. And part of, the way feel they, part of the way they do this, Emma, right, is by the classroom space, that they cancel reservations for your classroom space. Is that is that what happened to you? Uh, yes. So they'll come up with different reasons why either security is unable to be on that floor or that 
classroom can't fit X amount of people. Um, and it's all very silly reasons. And if you go to a lot of these classrooms at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. when you want to have these meetings, they're often empty. So it's it's just red tape and it's a way to not talk to the students who want to hold, hold these events. So instead of emailing back or calling, I did try both of those things and members of the administration were not about that. So I went into the lobby of the office of the dean uh, with a couple of my friends. I, I told them, I said, guys, there are power in numbers. We're going to sit in the lobby until he is back from his meetings. So he finally returns from his meetings and I, I hear his secretary say to him, they called earlier. They're not happy. They were polite, but you can tell they're not happy. So he he offered to meet with us and it was it was a cordial meeting. And I do believe that a lot of members of the administration are think normal thoughts and are not for this crazy leftism where you are saying that men can become women and play on women's teams and swim against women for the same trophies. That's ridiculous. Now, the problem is he was afraid of the backlash. Um, So my freshman year, there was an event held by college Republicans that saw a lot of backlash, a lot of protests. It was loud. It was boisterous. And he remembered that. And he said he did not want something to happen. So he wasn't afraid of us. He wasn't afraid of conservative women or what we were going to do or a couple of words on a poster. He was afraid of the other side, the leftist students. And we're seeing that a lot now with the pro-Palestine, free Palestine protests all over the country uh, to bring it to present day. Um, so we eventually came to a compromise. And he said that if, if we can change the words on the poster, we can have the event. Luckily, now we also had to change the date of the event. Luckily, Jennifer Braceris was local. And w- I'm very grateful for that. I would have been a very upset if she were not local and we had to cancel flights. Um, but she she was also very gracious about the uh, the whole thing. Um, she understood that it was a college campus and that it, the words were inflammatory. She had some uh, funny comments that she kind of knew knew that could have happened. So we did we did end up compromising. We changed some words on the poster and we said that the talk would be about male bodied athletes entering women's sports and that effect on Title IX. So you ended up having the event. Tell us about the event. Did you have a good showing? Did you get any any negative feedback? We had a great showing. Um, it was both men and women that showed up. Um, we did not have any protesters, and it was a great talk, no negative feedback. It went swimmingly. Well, it seems like you took on the administration and were successful. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And by leading your chapter, you really developed some great skills in terms of managing events, working with a speaker, uh, recruiting students to attend. Could you tell us about how those skills have helped you in your post-college life and what you're up to now? I would say that the biggest skill I gained through New is managing a team finding what skill sets are throughout your, everybody has something to bring to the table and it's going to be different for every person. Not everyone is going to be fantastic at graphic design. Not everyone is going to be fantastic at greeting people at the door, but somebody is good at something and the best leader can find the skills in each person. 
That's a great point. So figuring out uh, what people excel in and then giving them the opportunity to take on different projects or parts of projects. A great skill to develop. Uh, So Emma, so now you are in the media. uh, You're covering a lot of issues. So you mentioned at the beginning that you were interested in business. How did you move from business to media? What what sparked that? So no matter what you're doing, you're selling. If you're not selling a product, you're selling an idea. And I find that my mission is to sell the idea of conservatism, traditionalism, and Judeo-Christian values to the general public. I think that they're good and they're beneficial not only to oneself and one's own happiness, but also to society. So I can use my business skills and attract people in different ways, target different markets, but eventually bring that same message to all. And is this message resonating with Gen Z? I think it is. I think you are seeing, and even even with the help of social media, even with the help of the internet, you are seeing, I think, a, a bit of a revival in traditional values and a bit of a conservative uprising. What advice would you have, Emma, for a college student who's listening to this, who thinks she wants to get into media? What skills would you encourage her to develop now? Or what media outlets might you recommend she get connected to? Um, so first skills and then second networking so for skills graphic design is going to be your best friend that's what gen z and the millennial generations are bringing to the table that the older generations are wowed by i found um cultivate your writing skills and the best way to do that is to write so my dad always says if you can write that means you can think so put the words on paper really cultivate make it logical uh make it methodical and that will be your best friend going forward. With networking, um, my best advice is to be a good friend and to be a good group project member. Um, so don't don't make friends just to make a network, but your friends know you the best and they will best represent you to other people. Um, in a group project, come to the table ready to work, do your work, do your part, and be a good team player and you never know what members of the group project are going to end up where and who will help you later on whether that's one year five years ten years down the line you mentioned uh learning the skill of graphic design you now work for a radio show so are you creating a lot of the graphics yes so i create probably 95 percent of our graphics now um when I was with New, I learned a lot on Canva. Um, at the annual retreat, there's a Canva session, so that definitely helped me out, set me on my way. Um, and then when I got here, um, we have the Adobe Suite, so I kind of took what I knew from the more basic platforms and brought it to Photoshop Premiere Audition and kind of learned learned my way through. Um, and now I feel very competent, and I, I run our Instagram Twitter and Facebook when graphics are needed. I also do a lot of the graphics on the website itself. A lot of our students use Canva and love it. <laughs> so it's no surprise that you've, you've liked it. Emma, I want to end by asking you more generally, what advice do you wish somebody would have, would have given you when you started off at Boston College? So what advice would you pass on to a college freshman listening to this podcast? Uh, study hard. And don't be afraid to 
be yourself. I know it's, it's, it's cliche, but the faster you are yourself, you're going to find people who like you because you are likable and who want to be your friend and want to work with you because you have skills that are, are usable and likable by others. I appreciate that message because, I, again, going back to the beginning of, of our discussion, I think there's this fear among a lot of conservative women that they're not going to make friends on campus. But I think they will. It's just a matter of finding your people, right? Finding your community. And so I think it's a good message to end on, that they will find friends. You just got to find, find your people. So thank you so much, Emma, for joining us today. We are excited to share your story along with the stories of other young conservative women. Join us next week as we are going to be talking with Abby Daniels, a new alumna from American University. You'll get to hear her personal story and the great advice she gives regarding leading with your personality. Make sure you subscribe to the Conservative Woman's Guide wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review. See you next time.